Welcome into College Gridiron, WFUV Sports College Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Gregware, joined with Danny Scott. Tyler Hoop, guys, you know, we've talked about this. We've been on the show the last few weeks together. We have the chemistry. We have the football as well. There's a ton to talk about. I just want to get right into it. I don't want to ask you how you're doing. I just want to talk college football. We'll figure it out there. So I said we start with Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, we usually start at the top with some big upset, anything like that. You look at this week's slate, there's really only one, you know, seismic change in the top. Top eight, top seven stay the exact same with the order. But at number eight, Oklahoma, they slide down to number 13, and that is due to losing to Baylor. 27-214, the worst offensive performance in the Lincoln-Riley era. They had 260 yards. That's the fewest there. You know, there's a lot to get into in this game. I think the number one thing is it probably ends Oklahoma's season. 27-14 loss to a team that we've been very critical all year despite their undefeated record, not really in on the close wins we thought would come to fruition at some point. And that's what happened Saturday. Danny, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on that. You know, Ryan, I'm doing great, just just in case <laughs> you care. Um, you know, I've been calling this one, this game in particular, Baylor over Oklahoma for a while. I said it on the podcast last week, the week before. In our conversations, I've been saying, this is the game <clears throat> that Oklahoma's finally going to get caught. And you know what really happened in this one? It was the time of possession for Baylor. Baylor, 35 minutes and 19 seconds to Oklahoma's 24 minutes and 41 seconds. Baylor gets 24 first downs. They control the ball, control the clock. They don't let that high-powered offense get the ball, and they're able to pull off the upset. I mean, I've been saying this for a while. Oklahoma is a fraud. Baylor's a decent football team. I knew this one was going to happen. Called it. Couldn't be more excited. Oklahoma sucks. Um, so Danny pretty much is going to be on my head. He's been on my head since Saturday about this. Just absolutely abusing me about, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma. I thought that Oklahoma would be able to hang on for another week. I did see Baylor keeping this close and I could have seen them winning, but you know, Oh, I did not see Oklahoma putting an absolute dud on offense like this. Um, Caleb Williams finally played like a true freshman, yeah, and it was ugly. I'll say that it was ugly. It was, it's, it was so ugly that Spencer Rattler had to sub back in. Mm-hmm. And, and if Spencer uh, Rattler's your your quarterback. You're in trouble. Yeah, as we can you're tell. in trouble. Um, however, yeah, no, Caleb Williams. I mean, he's still a stud quarterback, but he played terrible. He played awful against Baylor. Baylor. I knew that Baylor's defense was good under Coach Dave Aranda. I mean, he led the LSU champ- national championship team as their defensive coordinator. Phenomenal coach. They had a phenomenal game plan all around. Just run the ball down Oklahoma's throat. They had 297 rushing yards between Abram Smith, who's one of the best running backs in the nation, and quarterback Gary Bohannon, who had 107 yards rushing on not only nine attempts and two touchdowns. Who could have saw this coming? Danny Scott. I didn't. Um, I will admit it. I thought that Oklahoma would hang on for another you know, week or two, considering they have Iowa State this week, and a team that I thought they would lose to in Oklahoma State. But you know what? I'll take my L. Yeah, you mentioned the Caleb Williams thing. That's what you get when you start a true freshman. You're going to get bumps along the way. You just need to be able to withstand it. Oklahoma wasn't a good enough football team to do that. So Caleb Williams, you know, he's still been rock solid, but this was kind of expected. Now, the one thing I'll say that's really concerning, you mentioned Baylor, this elite defense. You know, just last week, two weeks ago, they lose to TCU. Chandler Morris, his first career start, he throws for 530 yards. So it's not like this defense came in elite, everything like that. Caleb Williams just really struggled in this one. Two picks, 50% completion, 140 yards. And when you can't stop the run, you brought up 297 per 6.3 yards per carry. 
it's going to come down. Interesting thing in the last few seconds here of this game, you know, I think Baylor, they stormed the field with like, it's supposed to be over. There's three seconds left. Baylor up 10. They end up kicking a field goal. Now, they said it was for Big 12 tiebreakers. I, I don't know them off the top of my head to know how accurate that was. Lincoln Riley was not pleased at all. But at the end of the day, you look at this for Oklahoma. This was kind of, you know, you looked ahead to the Oklahoma State game because that was kind of looking like a huge one. Oklahoma was eight, but you figured if they were able to run this table here and win the Big 12 the way they've been able to the last four few years, that would get them into the playoff. Now, you know, you have to look at a lot of different scenarios. You have a million different things to happen. I don't even think we get into it. I yeah. personally, when I look at this one, this officially for me ends their playoff chances. Now, they'll probably get a New Year's Six Bowl. Probably still deserve it. They're still a good team, but I'm out in Oklahoma. Wasn't really in on them before this at all. But you lose this game to Baylor after how poor they looked the week before. You have that bad of quarterback play. I can't, I'm, I can't buy you. I'm out. Yeah, I've been saying that Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. Oklahoma, I mean, the Big 12 will not have a playoff representative, but Oklahoma State is going to beat Oklahoma. I've been saying this. That was the team that I thought that Oklahoma would trip up and lose to. What if Oklahoma, what if Oklahoma loses uh, the next two games and ends the season 9-3? and three? I think that's a real possibility. Do you think like Iowa State could catch them slipping again? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've had conversations about Iowa State. I think Iowa State's a good football team. I think Oklahoma is going to be overlooking them, getting ready for Oklahoma State. So I think it's a very, very big possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's looking ahead a little bit. Um, but I, I look at this this one, um, Oklahoma State, you think they're – I don't know if they're better than Oklahoma, but I don't think it matters in the it doesn't, it doesn't in the big, the big picture. You know, because we talked about Oklahoma State a few weeks ago, how this game was a playoff game, yeah, Tyler. That was the episode we just me and you. What did they do? They lost to Iowa State the week after that. Mm-hmm. We'll see, you know, what Oklahoma can do against them this week. But the Big 12 kind of just overall not really – their year we know texas obviously five straight losses <laughs> they just lost to kansas jesus they're a mess in their own right um, horns down horns are always yeah. down on this podcast especially texas for me is, texas is not back mr sam ellinger <laughs> um but let's shift here to the big 10 and the game that you know probably the number one on the schedule maybe going in you have ohio state versus purdue purdue coming off a win Versus Michigan State, you know, they were ranked in the top 25. But Ohio State continues to roll. 59-31. C.J. Stroud, five touchdowns. Ohio State, they're just locked in right now. Um, You know, I have some strong opinions on them. Scored on all their first half possessions. Purdue head coach said after the game, we were lucky to hold them to 59. That's how you know you have a great offense. Now, 31, I'll get into that in a little bit. little concern with the defense. But 59-38, kind of... You know, Ohio State cementing themselves. We'll see this week how legit they are versus another really good Big Ten team. But what are yours, Tyler? I'll start with you because I know you've been very vocal. You talked about it at the top. You think they're the best team in the country. I'd be shocked if Saturday didn't affirm that take of yours. Yeah, no, I'm so confident in Ohio State right now. I mean, listen, I did think this was going to be a closer game. I'll give Danny credit. He did call a blowout. Good call, Danny. Um. I am so confident in Ohio State. I think right now, one, they're the best offense in the nation. I don't think it's close. I think they're so complete from top to bottom. They have an elite quarter, elite quarterback play. They have the best receiving core in the nation. And they have a running ba- running game that's really just phenomenal. Travion Henderson's coming to his own as a true freshman running back. That team is just unbelievably balanced. They have good, great offensive line play. 
Um, there's really nothing to be concerned about for them, in my opinion. Look, their defense, yeah, 31 points. A lot of it was garbage time points. I'm not worried about their defense at all. Um, they were so command. They were in commanding. They had a commanding lead over um the Purdue Boilermakers all game, and it didn't look. It didn't just didn't look fair. It looked like man against boys. They got Michigan State this week. Um, at home. I yeah, I don't think it's gonna be close. I'm sorry, Michigan State. Michigan State's a great program. And Mel Tucker, congrats on that ten year extension. Yep. Big congratulations. Great head coach. Yeah, this isn't gonna be close. Ohio State's gonna roll over them. And I don't want them to look forward to Michigan yet because, you know, this is a top ten play- team they're playing. But I don't think it's gonna be close. Man, I am so so in on Ohio State, it's not even funny. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it. Another great call by Danny Scott. What can you expect? Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I agree. It, it was it was fifty two to seventeen at one point in this game. Yeah, o- Ohio State was just laying it on them. Purdue, I I guess they only can play good when they're unranked. That's I, what that's I said crazy. in the that's chat. A, that's that's a new new theory that I got and Tyler's got going on. But uh, yeah, I mean fifty two seventeen, they pulled their starters. You know, Ohio, uh, uh, Purdue puts a couple points. C.J. Stroud, another great game, uh, 361 passing yards, five touchdowns, 31 for 38. Um, talking about garbage time, Aiden O'Connell had another decent game, 390 passing yards, four touchdowns, 40 for decent. 52. <laughs> yeah, but like it was a lot of garbage time. But, yeah, but it, was, it was a lot of garbage time. I mean, yeah. if he was doing that and the final score was 45-59, I would be like, oh, great game yeah, from phenomenal. Aiden O'Connell. But, uh, you know, decent game, puts up some points when it didn't really matter. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State looking like the best offense in the country. I did sort of kind of hop on the bandwagon last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that to Tyler because any time I hop on a team, they, yeah, they don't end do up – Don't do it to they, me. They I'm, up, going to, they I'm going to be bad. very maybe, angry Maybe I should you. hop on Ohio State. Maybe you should. I'm all I'll in. hop I'm on the in. Notre Dame bandwagon to mess you, <laughs> screw you <laughs> over then. Um, yeah. I see Ohio State now. Like, they're in the same class as Bama. Yeah. I don't know if they're better. I think they are. <clears throat> I think there's a clear tier one, and it's just Georgia – I think, you know, earlier we thought it was Georgia, Bama, everyone else. We had an episode time that I think we've slowly learned throughout the season that's not really the case. Just with the, I think Bama lost the next week to A&M. Then they had that close win over LSU. You also had the Florida game. I think there's too much body of work there to put them in an undefeated Georgia's category. But I think Ohio State, you know, now we're like two months away from their last loss. And that was to the number three team in the country. I think you put them in that next tier. I really do. Um, one thing that concerns me a little bit is no sacks versus Purdue. I think you're going to need – you don't necessarily need a dynamic elite defense when you're putting – especially when you're putting up 59 and your offense is a dynamic, the best receiver duo in the country, everything like that. Trio. But you need to get – yes, you're yeah. right. You need to get to the quarterback just a little bit, maybe just force a little pressure, something uncomfortable. You know, We'll get into Oregon. Utah, one of the reasons that that's a really interesting game is because Utah really gets after the quarterback. That's kind of what Oregon, that's how you can kind of get to them. Um, so that's the one thing that concerns me with Ohio State. But I just think that offense is dynamic enough to play big time. So I'm really in on them. Um, I know we all are here. So the thing is, though, we're going we're gonna to see them tested. So we're going to know a lot more about them. If they go into this without one loss to Oregon in September, I think you feel really strong about them. I think they feel... Very, very strong. Um, before we get into some other stuff, you know, we mentioned C.J. Stroud. Great game. I think we'll bring him up soon when we talk about the Heisman. Yeah, he's back in the race. Absolutely. Let's go over just quickly. Let's, you know, talk about just some other games last week. We'll stay in the Big Ten quickly. Michigan beats Penn State. 
one that we are all actually wrong on. You know, sometimes yeah. maybe we get cute. I don't know. I just thought Penn State at home, Michigan was – I was waiting for them to kind of collapse. Um, didn't happen. You know, I give them credit. Now, Michigan, I look at it, and I'm like, this team is going to give Ohio State trouble only because now you look at their one loss. It was – they kind of dominated Michigan State. They outgained them, outtime possession, everything like that. Now, right. they did lose. That's on the road to now a top-seven team in the country. I still think it's bogus that they're ranked ahead of Michigan State. But I think, you know, we're our, we are queuing, and we're two weeks away from this. But the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to mean everything. Right. I think it's basically a playoff game. But we were wrong on this one, so I don't know. Does that say more about Michigan? Does that say more about Penn State? I'm just kind of trying to figure out what to really make of this Big Ten overall. Yeah, my thing about Michigan is they're a good, they're a good football team. I'm just not sure about Harbaugh in big games. The reason why I'm a little bit more confident in Michigan this week after you know <laughs> past weeks is Michigan plays a good, solid brand of football where they have a great running back duo in Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins. And they have the best pass rushing duo in the nation, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, just phenomenal. They combine for 19 sacks and 21 and a half tackles for loss. They get home. They get to the quarterback quickly. Um, that could give Ohio State trouble. I don't think. I mean, as I said, I think Ohio State wins. But this is a team that's more equipped to give Ohio State trouble and then pass Michigan teams. I'll say that confidently. Yeah, you know, I th- I think it's good on Michigan. I mean. Everyone kind of forgets now that Penn State was at one point the number three team in mm-hmm. the country this year. They they played a barn burner against a then number two Iowa team. Um, you know, both of them has kind of, have kind of fallen off this year. But, you know, Penn State is still a very, very good football team. Um, they yeah. played some very, very big games. Would probably have the best strength of schedule if they were to win out in, out of any team in the nation this year. So I think it's good for Michigan. It's a good test. Get some prepared. They got Maryland this week. And then they go into that Ohio State game, maybe riding a little high against uh, their, their big and rival. Plus they played the big half. Yeah, so they that's are gonna help home in them. that one. You just can't look past Maryland, I think. Oh, 100%. Maryland's you talked about Harbaugh. That's a thing that would happen, I feel like, that would really personify things. So yeah. that's something to look for. I'm impressed by Michigan. I'm going to watch them closely, obviously, in the coming weeks as their season is 100% still alive. Um, one more game I know you guys really want to talk about this one. Uh, Wake Forest bounces back nicely after that UNC loss. Another shootout in this one, 40 Five to forty-two over NC State. You know the ACC. I'm kind of all out on, but Wake Forest overall. I think this is just they're one of the feel-good stories this year. You know you don't need to make the college football playoff to have necessarily a great year. I see them kind of maybe as last year's Northwestern, where they kind of came out of nowhere and conference was down, but they kind of out of nowhere kind of won a lot of games. So impressive overall. Wondering, we'll just quickly talk about that one. Yeah, I mean this Wake Forest team has started to build a nice little program over there over the last like four or five years. Obviously, in the past years, Clemson was a class of the ACC. They get to play. Cle- they get to play um, Wake Forest this week, and Clemson's had a really big down year, really disappointing. But this Wake Forest team has been a high-powered offense for the past couple of years, and they finally put it all together. It's crazy because Kenneth Walker III, another Heisman candidate, used to go there. It's just crazy to me to think about. It. Imagine a Walker and Sam Hartman-led offense. Sam Hartman didn't even play the best game of his career. He played one of you know, his worst games of the season through three picks, but also through three touchdowns and rush for touchdown 20, 47 passing, but still they managed to gut this one out and against a good North Carolina state team. Like a very, this is a very fun game to watch. Like I peeped over at it for a couple of minutes. Like 
this is a shootout. Wake Forest teams just have put up points this year. So it's it's good on them. I know they're not a playoff team. The loss to North, uh, at UNC really cements that. But they're a really good football team, and it was a really fun game to watch. This is a fun team. Yeah, once again, having to follow Wikipedia, this is becoming a, <laughs> a, a theme on the show for me. I steal all my talking points. Well, yeah, you got all the good takes this week, so yeah, you, get to you know, me this you know, time. I will, I will say this was another good take by me. I, I predicted a very close game, very high scoring game. This was our over last week. Um, it smashed the over, first of all. Yes. Um, but yeah, no Hartman three inter or three interceptions, Leary two picks. Um, coming in, they were combined for I believe it was eight interceptions on the season, and nearly doubled their their amount of picks. Um, so. Yeah, you know, it was it was a fun game to watch. I was dialed into this one. Um very very high scoring. High two high powered offenses, and I agree with you. What what would this team be with Kenneth Kenneth Walker? It would it would be scary. Um but you know, Sam Hartman, only a a redshirt sophomore. He'll be back next year. I think Wake Forest mm-hmm. is going to be a very very scary team in the ACC next year. They they were 12 going into this one, move up into the top 10. This is going to be a fun team to watch for the coming years. Well, I'm going to root for that because it's been just so boring the last years, frankly, with Clemson's domination. And then this year, when they fall off, it's like, all right, we're going to prop up Wake Forest. Then they lose. So, you know, that's something, Danny, I'll look for. You brought up Kenneth Walker. I think that's a great way to transition here into really the first time we've talked about this on the show, the Heisman. Um, you know, I still think it's like just a little – we don't know 100%, right? Like two years ago – Joe Burrow is already putting up historic oh, yeah. numbers by this point. There's none of that this year. There's no Devontae Smith either. Um, and that's preseason. You didn't see any of those guys coming this year preseason. You know, Spencer Rattler was the favorite. Yeah. Ugal- DJ Ugalay yes, out, were, way out. They were number one and two. They You won't find them even on a lineup card of the top 50 <laughs> guys. So I think that's what's awesome. Um, you know, looking at this, I don't think it's cemented right now. A lot can change. But just looking, I've been looking at different, you know, Vegas sites like that to see the odds on everyone. And the top four is the same in all of them. And really the top three, I think there's a distant fourth. Um, you guys might have other names, but the guys that I'm looking at, and I don't see anyone winning Heisman that's not top three, and I'll throw in one more, is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker, and Matt Corral. He's still fourth in all the, you know, in the in the odds. Um I look at this. I, I don't see another name. I will guess I'll just kick it to you guys quickly. Is there anyone else you guys could see outside of those four sneaking in? The one the one other player I had was Kenny Pickett, the quarterback yeah. for Pitt. So, yeah, you know, he, he has had a great year, and it, I think if he was the quarterback of, let's say, Alabama or, or Ohio State, he is head and shoulders the front runners. He has by far the best stats out of any, any quarterback in the nation right now um, and leading a top 25 team. So I, I got to give him some credit. 3,500 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, only four picks. And, you know, to go with the uh, sacks take away rushing yards in college football which, which is horrible we, we talked about this before we, the we show. talked about That's this stupid. before the show it's, yeah. it's ridiculous he still has four rushing touchdowns but he's yeah. been sacked 22 times on the year right. 231 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns insane and then the other player i want to give an honorable mention to i know we kind of kind of uh ruined his day earlier today but Caleb Williams he's only hmm. played 5 games 1300 passing yards, 14 passing touchdowns, three picks, 305 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So I mean, yeah. if he's playing this whole year and yes, I and Oklahoma, he's then he's definitely and Oklahoma in the race. does that, I think he's maybe a top 3 guy, but uh 
just want to give him an honorable mention. He has no no yes. shot at winning it. Next but year. he's he's a guy to look for in the coming years. Yeah, definitely in the next two years, he I think he's gonna have a, a very good shot at Heisman. Um, I have a couple of guys that you didn't mention. Okay. Obviously, Stroud. Uh, so I think guys I think he's the. Well, no, Stroud is my favorite right okay. now. Uh, Sam Hartman has thirty passing touchdowns and nine rushing touchdowns. Thirty-nine combined touchdowns is pretty impressive to me. Yeah. And he leads a really good Wake Forest team, as I mentioned. Um, I'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball real quick. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, not Manti Teo esque. Yeah. Um, Ndamukong. No. Um, there is a guy by the name of Will Anderson Jr. plays for Alabama. Twelve sacks on the year. Leads the nation in sacks. I think nineteen tackles for loss. I might be wrong on that, but I that's what I looked at in um football reference, which is crazy to me. That's disgusting. Sixty seven tackles. He's the best player in that Alabama defense on you know, one of the better teams in the nation. I don't think he's gonna win it. But if he turns it up for the next couple like with no front clear front runner right now, if he turns it up for the rest of the season and ends up with like sixteen, seventeen sacks and a couple forced fumbles. I'm going to see his name in the race. I can guarantee you that. Well, here's the thing. I know he's not going to win it. I'm yeah. sorry to burst the bubble. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's like a Chase Young-esque situation when he was there. And he Joe, didn't. He didn't win it. Joe Burrow was a clear front runner. But, hey, relax on me. I just think, I just <laughs> think oh, the, way, the way that it goes, and this maybe yeah. will – like, we're not going to see the quarterback for Pitt winning the Heisman. Yeah. We're not going to see a defensive player winning the Heisman, especially when that guy's quarterback – is lighting it up, and that's Bryce right. Young. That is, so, very, that is very true. But. I, I like the out of the bound, the Kale Williams thing 100%. If he's starting all season, the pace that he's on, if he did that over a full 15 game season, he's a Heisman. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that yeah. that's why I threw him in the honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's a Heisman favorite. Right now, I got Bryce Young as, as my number one guy, <laughs> and I actually have CJ Stratt at number three. I, I have Kenneth Walker slightly above him. Um, but like you guys mentioned, I think it's completely wide open this year. Mm-hmm. If if any one of these top, I, I I would even say Corral's probably out at this point. Yeah, yeah he's, I'm, I'm he's out the of, most NFL ready Definitely. quarterback. He's like Ryan, Ryan mentioned that to me before yeah. the show, and I think that's why he was getting a lot of hype. Sorry for taking your uh, your talking point <laughs> there, but uh, yeah, no, I think he's getting a lot of hype because he he looks like an NFL style quarterback. He's not playing like the best. Yeah. Best player in the country, however. Yeah, the counting stats are not there for him. That's what's hurting him. He, like when you see when you're watching the game, the tape like, is this there. guy's a Heisman candidate. It's just only 17 passing touchdowns. That's not going to compare. And to has, Bryce Young. has an eclipse 3,000 yards, which right. uh, yeah, Stroud and Young. Now he have. does have 10 rushing touchdowns. Th- that's what um, I was going to say. But He's dual threat. Best dual threat quarterback probably looks very good NFL terms. But yeah, I agree. It's a three man as of now. Yeah. Um, and so my number one is Bryce Young okay. as well. Um, you know, 3,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, three picks. I think playing for Bama is huge. 71% completion, too. That's huge. That's something you really look at. Um, and I know, you know, Bryce Young, like, going into the season, I feel like there just wasn't buzz. It was like this will be another game manager-esque Bama quarterback. No one had him as highly touted as, like, a Tua. Really? I, th- um, I thought he'd be like really good. I thought he'd be like around. I mean, did you, did we the we didn't? Th- I don't. I mean, coming out of mo- coming out of, coming out of modern day, I like I saw him play modern day. I was like, okay, this kid's like really good. He was better than JT Daniels coming out. I was like, all right, this kid's gonna be legit. I don't know if he was gonna be on that Tua level or Mac Jones level, but he's gonna be really damn good. I believe I believe at the beginning of the year he was predicted number three for Ohio. Yeah, he was in the race. I'm, I'm he pretty was in the sure race. it was it was Rattler, DJ, and uh, Bryce Young. But yeah, and I he's mean, the only guy that's lived up to any of the hype. He, Definitely, he has he has 
over a 70% completion percentage, 33 touchdowns to only three picks is, is absurd to me. Yes. Um, but I want to transition. Sorry, Ryan. I want to transition to Walker super quick. Yes, we'll, that's we'll, we'll rush through this a little bit. Um, but 1,473 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns, and then I had 12 receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. Over 1,500 all-purpose yards on a season with 18 touchdowns, and he's still got at least three more games to go, um, right. including a bowl game, obviously, because I don't think they're going to uh, right. make make the Big Ten championship. But, yeah, absurd season. He maybe has the best performance of the year out of any of these guys yeah, he put the uh, against back. Michigan. 197 rushing yards, five touchdowns. That's an impressive game. Um, and if he has another one of those, he he could very easily take over for me. Let's say this week he puts if up he two, does it this 200, week. Yard, does it this 200 week. yards and, and like three touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. against an Ohio State team. He could take over for me. Yeah, no, that's fully fair. I mean, like, Right now, my order is Stroud. I think because he's done it in the like the signature game against Purdue, and he's got I mean, that those, can't be a signature. I know, I know, but he's I know, but he's got two games left to go where I think he's gonna put up signature performance. I think Stroud has like the best like consistent body of work. Bryce Young is actually yeah, Bryce Young's two, and then Walker's three for me right now. I think Walker could easily take up the two. I think Stroud has the easiest path to the Heisman right now. Really? Be careful, your bias is showing. I I mean, I'm just saying he has the he has the counting stats that are definitely in the race he has the uh what do you call it the resume and then he has the upcoming games where he could really show out well it's gonna come down to these games exactly what we're looking at now as i said it's still too early he's almost gonna mean nothing like kenneth walker it could go two ways he could go 15 carries for 54 yards next week versus ohio state right or he could do what he did versus michigan and then suddenly he's the favorite right so i think that's kind of what we're looking at but good to kind of start the conversation here We'll keep an eye on that, see if there can be another guy that even gets into that. Um, now just looking ahead here, you know, the slate this week isn't maybe no. the best. There's definitely some playoff implications, though. I think that's what you look at that starts with Ohio State versus Michigan State, number four. Number seven, uh, Michigan State loss would eliminate them from anything, eliminate them from making the Big Ten title game. Ohio State weirdly could still make it there, but as we talk about, Double elimination, you know, that's the way it goes. That's certainly the case in um, the Big Ten this year. It's going to be whoever makes the playoff from the Big Ten, it's going to be the one-loss team that survives this gauntlet and cannibalization. So looking at this game, you know, the spread, I think, is indicative of how good Ohio State is. They're 19-point favorites, so it's not as sexy as maybe the matchup looks. I think we all have the same pick here. Maybe we have the game going differently. I don't see... Michigan State being able to keep up with the passing attack. We've brought up the three-headed monster. Uh, Chris Olave is one touchdown away, by the way, from, I think, taking the Ohio State receiving all-time record. So that's something to look for in this game, and I think the way Ohio State is rolling, it'll just be too much. Michigan State can't hit you the way that Ohio State can, so I have Ohio State winning that one very comfortably, and I don't. I think it ends Michigan State season. It's unfortunate, but that's the way I think this one goes. I'll keep this one a, a little quick. I think it's going to be a little bit better game than people are getting credit for. I think Ohio State is going to win by, I, I have it 38-28. It's going to be a decently close game, but Ohio State is never really out of control. I do think Kenneth Walker is going to have a good game this week. Um, and I think Ohio State is, is just too good. Oh, I.O. by 18 right now, 45-27. Ohio State's going to roll over Michigan State. Simple as that. Interesting. Your team that 
you're all in on isn't even covering the spread. I know. I, I, I got to Michigan State something. Good teams cover the spread. That's all I'm going to say. All right, fair <laughs> enough. But you know what? It could be even further out yeah, than that. So, I just want it to be nice. Um, I, I would say the goal next week is to not lead with this because there's a crazy upset because um, mm. I just don't see this one really moving the needle. I think what this does is it gives Notre Dame a better shot. It gives some of those teams below because it just knocks out one of the teams, gives Cincinnati a better shot at controlling their own destiny. Um, so I think that's something. We'll look at the outlook after that, though, because the committee just isn't consistent, so you never know yeah. what you're going to get. Um, another game here, not as important. I know I think someone was calling their shot here, Clemson-Wake Forest. Obviously, Clemson has all the talent in the world. They haven't been that this year. Wake Forest has been the team of the ACC. Uh, Tyler, you raise your hand. You're calling your shot for this one? Uh, yes, Professor. I'd like to raise my hand and talk. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Wake Forest is winning. I know they're underdogs Ooh. on the road. Wake Forest is winning that game. Uh, and honestly, I think Wake Forest, just, their offense just gets out to a flying hot start, and it doesn't really – I think it's going to be a blowout. Personally, I know it's crazy Ooh, to sound, say. Whoa, wow. I know it's crazy to say. Wake Forest blowing out Clemson. I don't. I don't. I just don't believe in this Clemson team. Like DJ Angola, he has not impressed me at all. He's got what eight to seven touchdown and interception ratio. He looks like Daniel Jones, and I'm a Giants fan saying that. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, what the um, I just think it's like fifty six thirty eight. I know. I know. Oh my god. Clemson has a good defense. Oh Wake Forest is a powerhouse right now. I could be very wrong, oh and I probably gosh. will end up being very wrong, but I do think Wake Forest rolls over Clemson this week. So, I also talked about this before the show. I have a very, very odd prediction. Yeah, I think that very peculiar. I, yeah. I, think, I think Wake could be on upset alert this week. I think they very easily could be. I think Wake is down at the half by at least two scores. I'm saying 21-7-ish, <laughs> yep. somewhere in that range. They turn it on, start pushing the pedal. They win a close one, 42-38. That's my prediction. It's a little out there, a little strange, but I think... They're going to make some great halftime adjustments, come back, lay it all on the line. Dabo Sweeney loses his fourth game of the year. Tough one for Clemson. Heartbreaker. Wake ends up winning in a good game. For one thing I want to talk about before, Ryan, um, how is this over under 56 and a half? That's kind of crazy to me. I think what that tells I mean, you just had Wake Forest scoring 56. So yeah, clearly exactly. that is not something that you were saying. I'm not concerned about that, but I, I just find what, that crazy. What they're telling you is Clemson's defense is going to be able to limit Wake Forest by far their toughest game of the year at Clemson, too, guys. Like, this is going to be a packed environment for Wake Forest. I don't know. I'm going to bet on the athletes, like, here. Um, I don't even know what the line is or anything like that, but it's um, Clemson. I'm just shocked like at minus Clemson four. minus four and a half. Okay, so I'm not taking an upset at all. Both of you guys are kind of taking upsets in yeah. the spread world. Um, I just I don't see Wake Forest being Clemson at home. I don't see that, especially with how bad their defense has been. Maybe this is the get-right game for Clemson. We'll see. Um, your prediction, though, Tyler. Yours, Danny's first of all. Yours is just weird. The the ins and outs <laughs> of yours is just weird. Tyler, you're a maniac. Yeah, I know. 50, crazy. If Wake Forest does that, I, you are giving me lottery numbers. Yeah, name me a genius that ain't crazy, though. Come on. I got to go crazy. Go so, go big or go home. I, I'm writing a high right now. I got to I gotta throw in some yeah, strange ones. you're getting a little ones. cute with these ones. Get, I, I'm getting yeah. a little cute, but uh, if this happens, like, no one no one can give me any crap for the rest Ex of the year. That's fair. That's fair. I had, a, like, a kind of shaky week last week. Might as well go big or go home. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with my crazy, crazy so, prediction. So the last one here is one that it should, the way that, you know, they're saying this game should go, it's one that should really change up the rankings because number three, Oregon, plays number 24, Utah. 
Uh, this will be the first of two times they'll play because they'll play in the Pac-12 championship game. It's at Utah, I believe. Utah is favored in this one. Utah's minus three, so, you know, they're kind of begging you to take Oregon. Like, you look at that, number three versus number 24. Oregon has looked good, not great, since, you know, they lost their one game. Now, this one, I think we shockingly said before the show, we're all on Utah. I look at this one, Utah number one in the Pac-12 in sacks and tackles for loss. I think they're going to make Anthony Brown uncomfortable. Oregon is just not, they haven't faced an offense as good as Utah, really. The UCLA game was scary. I think they've played a little bit with fire, just too much. And I think it's really difficult to beat a team twice. So if they were to beat Utah here, I would double down and put double the confidence on Utah to beat them the second time. So I have Utah here. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a good game. And I'm looking forward to the fallout of a potential loss because that's where I think the committee could go crazy. So that's how I kind of see this one shaping out. Uh, Danny, do you got any predictions first? No, I, I mean, I agree with Ryan on this one. I don't have a ton to talk about. I, I like Utah in this game. I think it's right at the spread. I think I'm saying 34-31, right at the spread. Um, I could even see a potential OT type of game. Ooh. Um, I think this this one is going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be the late night game out on the West Coast. Let's go after dark. So, um, yeah, no, I I really hope we're all right about about the upset because that means Notre Dame just keeps climbing the rankings. (laughs) Um, And we didn't get any hope. We didn't get into our rankings this week, but I had Ohio State finally jumping Oregon this week. Ooh, um, so I, I always had them above, actually. Yeah, yeah, this this was the first week. I moved Ohio State to number four and, and Oregon back to five. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, if Oregon wants to win it, they have to get the ground game going early. If Utah wants to win it, they got to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you there, Danny. Um, so I'm assuming you have Notre Dame number one, of course, in your rankings. Oh, of course. Why, how could I not? No, yeah. they, I got I got them at eight still. Like that's fair. Like Ooh. last week, how I predicted Ooh. them. Um, Respect, I, I respectably said, unbiased. Hey, I I said that Oklahoma was going to lose, and that's why Notre Dame's jumping on me. You can you can go back and listen. Yep. I did say that. Yeah, you were right there. Um, I do think that this is going to be yeah, same deal. Push. I said twenty-seven, twenty-four, Utah. Uh, I. Yeah, I think all three of us think Utah's going to win. This is which dangerous. Me- which, which means Oregon's going to win. Yeah, but, um, now, now I may have to switch up, switch up <laughs> the pick. Oh wow, you can't. You're going to head yourself late. Um, yeah, I just think, I think this Utah team is the most complete team Oregon's faced since Ohio State. And um, yeah, I 100 yeah, percent agree with that. Yeah, I was saying, but that is a game that they won. Yeah, so. that is a game that they won. But then again, this is late in the season. You know, Ohio- Utah's playing spoiler here. Utah's here to just get that. You know, maybe get a big bowl game, get it, uh, get their name back in the running. I mean, they're still ranked top twenty-five. They're still ranked top twenty-five. They're twenty-third ranked. I think, yeah, I think this Utah team wins a close game. It's gonna be a phenomenal game. Pac-12 at dinner time. Wouldn't say quite Pac-12 after dark, but it's gonna be a fun one. I, I, I'm looking what forward. What time to that does the game, game. start? Seven thirty p.m. It on will ABC. Be pitch black at seven o'clock. That is fair, but yeah, you know what? Well it's, after dark. That is fair. On the East Coast, at least. West Coast, different story, but I'm excited for that game, definitely. Yeah, so it should be a good one. You know, not the slate of all time, but... Solid we're, slate. We're one week away from Ohio State, Michigan. Um, a lot more. I think we're going to have a... I think we're going to learn a lot this week about the top, and that's really what it's all about because we're kind of still figuring some stuff out. I think this top seven, top eight that has a chance, it's going to really... It's gonna. I think it's going to play itself out. I know we've talked about the chaos. There's a lot, I think, with the Big Ten playing each other. It's going to work itself out. So that's going to be something to look forward to. 
But I think that's going to wrap it up, guys, uh, for this episode of College Gridiron, a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>